everyone. Welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. Today, I am speaking with the incredible Mark Nash. As the Acrobatic Arts United States Division Manager, Mark and I discuss how the pandemic has impacted his division. And make sure to listen until the very end of the podcast for some exciting updates. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Lauren? I'm doing well, and I'm so happy that you were able to do the podcast today. Acrobatic Arts provides amazing teacher certification courses around the world, and you are the United States Division Manager. I am. It's such a great company to be a part of, and especially during the pandemic, being a company that can adapt and make things happen through Zoom and through other mediums so that we can still deliver a great product to our clientele makes me really happy. I'm just so proud to be a part of it. And Acrobatic Arts is lucky to have you as one of the leaders for the company. So before we talk about the U.S. division and your plans for the upcoming months, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and how you ended up with Acrobatic Arts. Okay. Well, I have a very mixed background. I had a career as a professional dancer. I was a professional ballet dancer with Ballet West, Cincinnati Ballet, and early on with Dayton Ballet. I was also an eight-time world champion baton twirler. My wife says it's important to add that in. I don't know that it is, but it is a big part of my past, which I'm uh, proud of. And I've met a lot of amazing people, including you, Loren, through that um, part of my life. I'm also um, an acro lover, a music lover. I've got three beautiful children, a son and two daughters, and a beautiful wife. And I live in Central California. What an amazing journey. And I will say, if there is anyone out there who has not seen Mark Nash twirling a baton, go to YouTube, search Mark Nash Baton Twirler, and enjoy. You will be amazed by his artistry and technical proficiency. Thank you very much. You're very kind. Very well deserved. Now let's talk about the U.S. Division of Acrobatic Arts. You mentioned the pandemic and how the company was able to adapt. Tell us about the online module ones that your division was and is still running. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the things we're most proud of as a company is that we have hands-on training. We think it's so important because it's it's good to see the dancer's body so that you can see the various things that are happening with, with the body when they're learning different skills, where to properly spot them and how to identify maybe some areas for growth where they're needed, whether it's flexibility, strength, or whatever. And so we've always prided ourselves in being and having that in-person facet to what we do. We would have probably never thought to do an online Zoom course 
until the pandemic happened because those were some very key important factors to us. However, what we discovered uh, in the need to adapt is that using Zoom and using the breakout rooms, we're actually almost better able to see each teacher because we have windows and we're able to uh, visually watch and see more of what's happening in the course than we do sometimes in a big dance studio where teachers can be on either corner or sometimes sitting down or have already spotted before we get a chance to see them. And now we get uh, almost one-on-one -on -one visual with each of them. Teachers don't get to have the interaction with one another, which I also think is very important and with us. But I do say the training itself is um, equally as good, if not uh, slightly a little bit better in that way, and that you will be seen. It's so nice to hear that running a course on Zoom can have its advantages. But I'm sure that some of the teachers must be asking you, when are you going to have live courses again? Yeah, that's a great question and I get it a lot. And no one's more anxious than we are as division managers and an entire company. We can't wait to travel and bring our courses to you live again. It's, there's something about being out in the, you know, the industry and interacting with everyone that it's, um, it's revitalizing and it's an exciting part of our job and why we love doing what we do. But unfortunately, the since we are a worldwide company, we are a little bit more susceptible to the uh, restrictions that the pandemic imposes. Each country is sort of in a different area within the pandemic. You know, some countries have numbers or letters or colors or different ways of identifying the severity of um, the COVID spread and whether or not they can do things in a public setting, et cetera. And so as a company, since we're a worldwide company, we really have to look at um, all of those factors before we can decide to have in-person courses. And here in the U.S., since I'm responsible for the U.S., it's even um, very similar to worldwide in that we have 50 states and each state has different restrictions and governors of each state are permitted to uh, set policy and there hasn't been a national policy per se. Um, and so it's difficult. You know, uh, sometimes states open up and dance studio owners are anxious to get us out there. But then another factor is that we have to consider that the course conductors and the attendees may be coming from other areas or other states. So it's not always as easy as, well, our area opened up, why won't you come? There's just a lot of factors and safety is our number one priority. It always has been with the dancers, but it's also with the teachers and with everybody involved. We wanna make sure that we're providing a safe environment and a comfortable environment for everyone because that's when learning is best done. Nicely articulated, Mark. Now that we have been living with the pandemic for a year, I would hope that everyone is very understanding on the ever-changing logistics of running an in-person course. Now on the flip side of that, I know there are teachers who are also asking, when will you be running the aerial back handspring and the module two courses online? Because just as module one works well on Zoom, and the teachers don't have to spend the extra time or resources that they normally would have to if they attended the course in person, things become easier that way. So will you be offering the aerial back handspring and module two courses online? We do not anticipate those ever being online workshops or courses. And the reason being our, our module one um, curriculum typically has a dancer with 
uh, multiple body parts on the floor, whether it's their shoulders, their hands, their feet. Um, there's multiple body parts on the floor, which make it a little bit easier to keep a dancer safe. And since we can't be in the same room as the teachers and the dancers, it's much more difficult when we get into back handsprings or aerials or other um, skills such as that, where dancers don't have a body part on the floor to keep them safe anymore. And since we can't be there to help keep them safe, we don't feel that that's a, a proper environment, nor is it conducive to do those online, unfortunately. I have had some very creative teachers that say, what if I send in a video and show you that I can already spot these skills with my students? And that, that sounds nice on the outset, but once again, still not being in the same room to, to show exact placement, to talk about what's happening in the body and the alignment, to really demonstrate and give the type of quality instruction that we would like to give. Uh, we will be reserving the Aerial Back Answering Maja 2 courses for the time when we can all gather together and do them in person. That makes sense, Mark. And thank you for being concerned about the accountability as well as the safety of the teachers and the students involved at this level. Now, moving on. Mark, do you think in the future, and of course I know with the pandemic and different restrictions, it's difficult to set dates, but do you foresee offering any student and or teacher workshops for dance and acrobatics? Yes, you know, it's my hope that we are seeing the, you know, the tail end of the pandemic, especially as uh, we now have immunizations available to us, etc. But I'm an optimist. So I look to the summer, I'm hoping that by June, July of this year, we'll be able to start scheduling in person courses. And we do have several wonderful studios across the country that we're planning to offer courses in 2020, but we're unable and they're anxious to do one in 2021 if and when we're permitted to do it. So that's my goal. In terms of uh, student workshops and things like that, um, we have been looking into that. You know, we do have Accelerate in Canada, which is done every other year and it's a phenomenal convention. If you've never been, I recommend you go with your students if you can. But it's, it's done in a beautiful facility and in adjoining facilities, I guess. I'm not sure if that's one or, or multiple buildings, but they're all sort of connected. And I would say easily 15,000 square foot or, or so, maybe even more of space where there's um, easily five, six, seven classes happening at the same time. And so we're actually looking for um, such a facility here in the U.S. because we'd love to bring Accelerate to the United States. So any of you listening out there, if you're aware of uh, one that would be affordable for purposes of a convention like that, we'd love to look into it and, and offer Accelerate here in the U.S. In the meantime, as we look for those opportunities, we also do offer that our course conductors and our staff can be hired in to do conventions and teaching for you and your studio if you would like. You just need to contact me and I can get you in contact with them and if schedules mesh, we can make that work. That's good to know and hopefully something we can look forward to. Let's move on and talk about some of the fun or maybe even memorable moments of your job. I think like most of us in this line of work, we do it because we love it. What stands out to you? Or have you had an experience at a studio or maybe with a teacher at a course that really touched your heart and has stayed with you? Oh, you know, 
being teachers, I think in all areas, you know, I'm lucky that I'm in a position of being able to travel across the country and some people are in a local area. And I think we, by virtue of what we're doing, we get to have wonderful experiences like that happen. And I can think of several, but I think the ones that touch me the most are when we have the opportunity to go into more economically disadvantaged areas and to see the the teachers that give so much of themselves. It's not about the money, and um, but it's more about giving to the community and giving to underprivileged kids and permitting them to to learn, you know, learn the arts because of all the things that we learn there, you know, the creativity, the communication, the critical thinking, the, you know, the physical literacy, the fitness that they get out of it. And I think more than anything, um, especially in those uh, disadvantaged areas that, uh, kids get a refuge from a more difficult life, you know, whether they haven't had a meal or they have a difficult home situation, being able to go to the dance studio and uh, let their emotions out. And, and when we get to do acrobatic arts there, I just get such an overwhelming sense that those kids appreciate and love and they're just so eager to please. And it always touches my heart. Those are my favorite to do. Absolutely. Ah, very special indeed, Mark. And let's not forget about the teachers. What do they thank you for the most? Maybe about the program or the instruction that they receive at the courses? First of all, I will say they thank us for a lot of things. You know, some very obvious things like the syllabus and or um, different ways that we approach different skills to get results. But I think the thing that hits me the most that I, I'm most proud of is that they really thank us for the validation for the things that they've been trying to train and to teach their dancers. And so when we come in and we go through the syllabus and we talk about uh, using proper progressions for the best results um, and, and we describe the things that we do, I think that teachers sometimes can feel a little bit isolated depending on where they are in the country and, and what sort of outside influences they have and how big their studio is or their city size, et cetera. But they always feel most grateful to receive validation that what they're doing is on the right track and that, um, you know, they that now they also have the support of additional exercises and skills and things that they can build their repertoire so that they can make their dancers even better and better. But I think that's it. They just, they, when they receive validation that, oh, I'm on the right track, they feel happy and they just get really giddy and excited about that. I think I know exactly how those teachers feel. As a teacher myself, I know how important it is to feel validated with the material that you are teaching. And when you take the time to do personal development, you feel stronger and definitely more confident when communicating your intentions to your students and their parents. And that's a pretty important part of our job. So Mark, do you have a favorite skill to teach? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that I have a favorite skill to teach. I mean, I like teaching the foundational skills because they're so important. I think spotting aerials and things like that are fun, you know, because um, the kids always want to learn them. And it's it's a fun skill to, to get to work on once they've um, built their repertoire and they're ready for it. But I think my favorite skill, I call it an inside out layout, 
but I think if you look on the app, you'll see it's called a Tinsica variation. And um, I think it's just a beautiful skill. So it's basically um, doing a Tinsica into a, a layout or a layback position and then standing up. Um, and I think that it's a beautiful transition. I just like the way it looks. So that's probably one of my favorites to teach just to get kids to do because then it's so usable, you know, in dances. And Mark, were you able to do that skill? I, I was able to do it. You know, your back is one of the first things to go the older you get. And being 52, you know, it's not as supple as it used to be. But um, I definitely used to be able to do it. And I probably haven't tried it in a good 20 years. <laughs> so it must have been it must have been a fun skill for you to do as well. It was. Yeah, I think. It, um, yeah, I think, you know, once you master your walkovers and front arrows and things like that, and you really understand the placement of the hips and how to stand up, it's sort of fun to do, easy to do. And I think um, it's sort of a crowd pleaser. People are like, oh, how'd you do that? You know, and so that makes it fun to do. It's always fun to do something that people are intrigued with. Yes, fun and exciting. And do you have a least favorite skill to teach or to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just take it from the standpoint of being a division manager and teaching courses. I think I get most skittish when it comes to doing uh, partnering work in areas where I'm not, you know, familiar with the kids. And that's predominantly because of, you know, safety is so important to me. And partnering work is, you know, really important because of the things that it teaches the, the dancers. But I also think that it can be dangerous if you don't have kids that are taking it seriously and paying attention. Uh, because, you know, safety can go out the window quickly if, if they're not really on point. So that makes me nervous when I don't know kids. And I would say that's probably my least favorite to teach in a big, you know, convention or group setting because of those potential factors. Um, but uh, I can tell you what, what I end up spotting, and that's the bridge to forearms. I think people get really nervous, you know, because of the flexibility that's required. And that's probably um, the one that I end up spotting the most, believe it or not. Interesting. Very interesting. And I agree 100% about the partnering skills. I find that even with my own students, sometimes they are just having so much fun working together. And I mean, that's partly why I love letting them do partner work in the first place. But if they aren't paying attention, I have to stop the class and remind them about safety and their responsibility to each other. But now who knows when we'll be able to train partnering skills again, hopefully in the near future. And speaking of the future, as we move into 2021, if you could give the teachers and studio owners one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, well, I think first and foremost, not to lose hope, not to quit before the end of the race. You know, it's, it's a super difficult time for so many people with studios closing with um, uncertainty of whether studios can stay open with the loss of teachers and people that need to go you know get a job elsewhere because they've got to sustain and support their family so i think that we're i'm hoping again i'm an optimist i'm hoping we're near the end of the race and near the end of the race is when people are most likely to give up or stop or uh, get discouraged so first i would say my advice would be don't give up hope because um you just reach out on Facebook, you know, look at our certified teachers group. There's so many postings of wonderful things that people are doing to keep their dancers engaged and to keep themselves engaged. And, you know, remember that 
you also need a little bit of TLC, so to speak, and give yourself mental breaks and physical, you know, if you can get massages, I know that's difficult in COVID or um, we have a massage chair. So, you know, whatever you can do to give yourself some, some downtime and time to think, because I think that we are bombarded with information and needs and and trying to get so much more done with fewer resources and it takes so much more of our time that we start to lose ourselves. and when we lose ourselves, then we lose hope and when we lose hope i think that's you know the defeat and all that is is my concern so as we go into 2021 let's stay optimistic we're very near the end of the race and let's keep going our dancers are so grateful and i think that once doors open and we can have those kids in classes again we're just going to feel a whole renewed sense of who we are, what we can accomplish. Um, this is going to be an exciting time. And then at that point, let's not ever forget this so that we feel that gratitude. I would say that there were some things that I have even, you know, I look back that I took for granted without realizing it, but certainly this has made me realize it. And I vow never to do that again. Isn't that the truth? As bad as the pandemic has been, it really has taught us a lot. And we always knew that dance teachers and dance studios were resilient. I always say that a dance teacher wears many hats. You might start off at a studio teaching one genre and you end up teaching all of them. And so I know I've just seen around the world how everyone has adapted and just pushed through. So you're right. Hope is important right now. Keep it going and stay strong. Very inspirational, Mark. Okay, all this talk about adapting and finding motivation is sometimes easier said than done. Do you have any resources that you would recommend to the dance community? Well, I, th I think, um, you know, most of us are familiar with the Certified Teachers uh, webpage, and there's a lot of dance groups through Facebook. I think that for us, Facebook is one of our biggest uh, supports because there are so many uh, groups that we can attach ourselves to or that we can get involved with it, have a lot of resources for us. Um, don't forget, you know, our apps and uh, all of us, I think everybody on staff at Acrobatic Arts is um, a teacher at heart and would be more than happy to help and share in any way that they can. So you can always reach out to us through email or through other mediums. Fantastic. And you mentioned that you had a massage chair. <laughs> which teachers, seriously, that might be the one thing I take away from this interview is that I need a massage chair. But all kidding aside, what else have you been doing personally to keep yourself in high spirits during this time? I've started uh, keeping a journal. I think that that self-reflection is important. If we don't, if we keep ourselves so busy that we don't have a moment to just sit with our own thoughts and process it and, you know, consider what it means to us and where we are and where we hope to be when things change, then I think that we're missing a big opportunity. So that's one way. Um, having connections and deepening those connections and being able to share what you're going through with people that you care most about, I think that's important. Not passing up on opportunities to teach 
you know, educate others to do podcasts <laughs> or whatever, but whatever you can do to help sort of sort through all this and give of yourself to the dance industry, I think um, just sort of helps alleviate some of the stress that builds up within you when you feel isolated and alone. And you, um, it's very easy, I think, just to shut the computer and just start to stress about everything as opposed to taking positive actions. And then of course, enjoy my time with my kids, which I have to remember, you know, it's so special that they're home now, they're being homeschooled and learning online. And so there's an opportunity for me in that way, where I would normally be carting them to, you know, guitar lessons or piano lessons or acting or, or dance or whatever they're doing. Now that that um, commute time is gone. So what are we doing with that commute time? Are we letting the kids just sit on their devices in their room or are we actually sitting down with them? So we've been having meals together and trying to really take advantage of that. And I, as a result, I feel closer as a family as well, which I really loved. That's so nice to hear. Thank you, Mark, for that insight into your lockdown life. Now, I know that you're very passionate about music and I am as well. As a teacher and choreographer, I'm always looking for new and exciting pieces. So do you have a favorite artist or even a song that really inspires and motivates you? Oh, that is such a great question, but it's difficult to answer because it changes all the time. And, you know, I, I think that my mood changes so much and Loren, I am much like you, I think, um, depending on the season, depending on uh, my mood, depending on what I want to accomplish in a class, depending on a lot of things, you know, the level of the kids, etc. Um, my music changes a lot and I need a lot of change. I, I'm easily bored. <laughs> Although having said that, um, I'm also inspired by a lot of different music and even off the beaten track sort of music because um, I, you know, music's really the whole reason why I ever got involved in the performing arts and in dance and in twirling and all that. More than anything, I love music and I love to interpret music and that for that reason, I love choreography, etc. So um, I don't know, I have such a broad range that it's hard for me, you know, and I'm a terrible decision maker when it comes to like picking a favorite color or picking my favorite anything. I just like so many things, I have a hard time doing that. So I don't think I can give you one single answer. I'm sorry, that was sort of rambling without giving you what you wanted. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. There is a wide world of music out there and I sort of put you on the spot. And you know, Mark, you did contribute a lot of songs for the playlist that Acrobatic Arts has on Spotify. If anyone is interested, head over to Spotify and listen to the exam playlist. See if you can guess which songs are Mark's favorites. That about wraps it up for my questions. But as the U.S. division manager, is there anything you would like to say to your staff and maybe the world of acrobatic arts? You know, uh, hopefully I'm already telling my staff things that I want them to know, particularly uh, showing gratitude. I really get to work with some of the greatest people in the world with uh, some of the most unique talents, you know, we see what they do um, in terms of knowledge with the body and, and teaching the acrobatic arts syllabus, but they're also multi-talented in so many other areas of their lives. And so I feel super fortunate that I get to work with them and learn a little bit more about them and also work closer. You know, sometimes we in this industry, we see one another at conventions or competitions or wherever it may be, but we don't really have an opportunity to sit and really 
really get to know one another and just talk and uh, talk business, but also talk personal things. And I have been fortunate to do that with my staff. And, and as a result, I just feel closer to them. And I really have grown in my appreciation for our industry uh, across the world because we really are unique. Dance teachers really care deeply about the art form. They care about the people that they teach and they care about each other. And I think that's why I consider it the greatest industry in which to work. And I feel such gratitude to be a part of acrobatic arts and to be a part of the dance community in general. Wonderful, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you, Loren. Exciting updates. In addition to the already scheduled online courses, the U.S. and Canadian divisions have just released in-person certification courses. Check out the Acrobatic Arts website for upcoming dates and information. And this next piece of news I find super exciting. Mark Nash and his two daughters will be on the Fox Network TV show, Game of Talents. The host is Wayne Brady and the show is set to premiere March 2021. Get ready to watch and cheer them on. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.